Welcome to Drukama Radio. My name is Vani, and I'll be your co-host for today's show. Our topic today is brainwaves and subtle energies. To help us explore this topic more deeply, I'll be inviting Daishi to the show today. Welcome, Daishi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. I look forward to this conversation with you. Let's take off. So I understand that brainwave levels are intimately connected to different meditative states. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, that's a big subject because it really is the depth of the meditative process. Like I explained it, you know, there's a pearl inside of somebody's hand and the clenched hand is the mind. And the more, the higher the oscillation of the brainwave, the more the clenching of that pearl or that cognitive awareness is being done. It's sort of like the husk is trapping down and cleaving down on that pearl of cognition. And as we release the tension of the hand or the brain thought stream, that pearl gets a chance to perceive and to explore subtler and subtler realms of reality, for lack of a better word, or a deeper sense of the reality around us. And so the idea for meditation, beyond many other reasons, the main reason for meditation is to allow that clenched fist of the mind thought stream to relax while cognitive awareness remains aware and doesn't go into unconsciousness with the brain's relaxation, so that it can begin to explore a greater boundary of perceptions around it. So for me, when I'm in a certain depth of meditation, when I relax into a a certain depth, it seems that the mind goes quiet, almost like I'm stepping into a quiet room. What would cause that? That's exactly right. The idea is that we really want to transfer that over into our waking state, right? We want the mind to be as relaxed as possible. And there are many reasons and many opportunities for us to do all kinds of amazing things when the mind's relaxed and that lower brainwave activity happens as long as we're conscious under those conditions. But as you relax the mind and the oscillation of the brainwave calms with it, we find that the blah, blah kind of mind, that talkative kind of egoic mind calms down, relaxes, because it actually believes that the nervous system is sending signals that it's going to sleep and it's time for it to go into a new stage of oscillation. So as we're relaxing in meditation, it calms itself down, relaxes more and more, and the oscillation gets lower and lower and it starts to lessen the chatter. And it lessens the degree to which it's instinctively in fight or flight its aggressiveness in terms of its judgment and conceptualization and discriminations and its abstractions, all of those things that are happening in that commentary section of the mind, when it's in that beta or alpha state searching around and leaning to be external and in the world and being effective and being productive, as we call it, all of that relaxes and relaxes more and more as we go deeper into these states. And it feels wonderful because it's sort of like relaxing muscles. So if muscles are under tension all the time, the minute you get into a sauna or a hot tub, you're like, oh, it's so beautiful because you can relax down deep into that. So on one hand, that relaxation causes the mental stimuli, that thought stream or mind stream to calm down and relax and relax lower and lower, creating a more peaceful, quiet environment for us to experience. Okay. So when I was preparing for this podcast, I was doing some reading and I found some information that was saying that children naturally spend more time in lower brain waves like theta and alpha. Is it possible then that someone who has a dedicated meditative practice could maybe maintain a lower brain wave in waking states? 
exactly what we're looking for. And one of the main benefits of meditation is a transference. And that's where we take that lower brainwave and we establish that in our waking state. And this is actually a great question because there's some confusion around this. Transferring that lower brainwave state that you see in a child. Now, people may say, well, children are hyperactive and they're running everywhere. And this, it's true physiologically, the chemicals and the adrenals in the child are active they're filled with growth hormone and all sorts of adrenal activity and they're running and jumping and climbing up curtains and all of that. But the way their minds work are much calmer than an adult's. They're not as tense and they don't have as much anxiety and as much judgment and calculation and abstraction in terms of the neurotic mind that the beta brainwave gives adults. So children are more imaginative and explorative, and they can sit around and sort of phase in and out of things and find interest in very common items and common surroundings. And that's sort of indicative of the alpha state that gets lower, where you're sort of enamored with the present moment more than you are a hyper adult who's at work and needs to attack and move from one state to another. Now, it's not to say that there isn't benefit in the beta state. It absolutely is important for our survival. It's just that common human beings have kind of lived in that state. And so what the meditative process does is it brings us down to a lower brainwave state and then transfers that over to our waking daily life so that we can be in a more perceptive present state of being. Now, there are many benefits to lowering brainwave activity beyond just transference. In other words, beyond just experiencing a calmer reality in our waking daily life. And as I said earlier, there is a practice and process to make that transference. So at first, when we sit down, we want to learn how to bring the brainwave down and establish it, adjust to it, and then continue to drive it down through a particular method. Once we've established a certain set, a certain area or bandwidth of brainwave activity that's been conquered by the preliminary exercises or preliminary practices, we then go into what's called transference. We draw that over into the waking state. And then over time, that suddenly becomes our day-to-day, moment-by-moment experience. And we get rid of the unnecessary neurotic beta brainwave that we find most people in. But Also, when we meditate, going down and deeper into those lower brainwave states open up for us different chemical reactions in the body and different subtle energy perceptions that are incredibly important to the mystical path. And when I say mystical, I don't mean woo-woo mystical. I mean allowing us to be more practical by eradicating the habit energies or the karmas, the engraved karmas that drive us to unconscious action, thought, and emotion. And that's the heart and soul of everything here, is to eradicate the habitualness of the selfing machine so that we can become completely clear and perceptive about what's happening now and not use the filters of the auto-response unconscious egoic aggregates. And once we learn how to maintain that process, the whole world opens up in terms of how we see reality, the way that we react to reality, and the way that we play in the reality itself. It eradicates suffering. It lowers our need for attachments to things outside of us. It allows us to be more satiated in a moment and present state of being. 
and it gives us a heightened sense of comfort, compassion, blissfulness naturally, because when we do not use those filters, when we're outside of those selfing filters, and that's through the lower brainwave activity, we find that we don't necessarily see the same fears and the same losses that we feel normally. In other words, most people would say that I need this or I need that condition in order to have pleasure or happiness or blissfulness or joy. And all of my states internally are conditioned or attached to some outside influence. Something outside has to make me happy. I can't just be happy. Some event has to drive me to joy. I can't just be joyful. Some person or thing has to bring me to bliss. I can't be at bliss by myself or just in a natural state. I don't have control over my vehicle to that degree. As we lose the selfing filters and we drive ourselves down systematically in that brainwave state and transfer that over, we find that all of those delusions in that ignorance of needing on the outside, the attachments to the outside things fall away. And we suddenly live in a state of much more freedom and control rather than being controlled by all of the outside influences and really being in a more of a slave environment as we find the common person. On this other side of the conversation, then, speaking of the subtle energies that we start to feel when we're in these deepened states, are there any indicators to know what brainwave you may be in? There are. There are definitely indicators that allow us to understand where we're going with brainwaves. And this is part of a whole systematic approach to understanding the technologies of the body. And again, this is not new information. This is just the same information that's always been at the heart of every mystical path. But it's really to know how this vehicle works. When I say vehicle, I mean the brain body. And we have more control over this brain body than most normal human beings believe. We can do certain actions, we can take certain actions mentally and physiologically that can induce certain states like brainwave reduction and so on. As a simple example, if I breathe a certain way, there's a certain breathing technique that I can use that actually dupes or tricks my brain body vehicle into believing that I'm immediately going into a deeply relaxed state of sleep. And therefore, the nervous system and the brain follows suit and it simply says, okay, we're shutting down. And through this trick, for lack of a better word, I cause the nervous system to signal to the brain to relax deeply and generate and bring us down into lower brainwave states that show us indicators in terms of how we sense and feel the subtle energies of the body, the kinds of visual experiences we'll have typically when we get into very low, deep brainwave states and the certain little tips and tricks that happen along the way as we teach them in order to understand, you know, okay, I'm going in the right direction because I've seen this visual or I felt this energetic response or this vibratory response, etc. as the subtle energies of the subtle perception of reality becomes more prevalent to us. But all of this is really dependent on a structured system of attack, right? So when I say that, I mean the practical way of approaching this. There has to be certain beginning stage practices that sharpen the tools we'll need. And then there's middling stage practices that put those tools into use so that we get used to the process itself. And then there's final stage practices of preliminaries that get us down into those stages and allow us to adapt and adjust and continually decrease those states. It sounds complex. It's not. It's very simple. It's actually very organic, actually. And when we finally get through the practice side of this and understand it, we can see that, you know what, I'm just 
just learning how to do something that's really natural and organic and I just haven't done it before so I had to learn it. It's sort of like riding a bike, you know. At first, there's all kinds of rules and conditions and there's instructions. You've got to hold the handles, put your feet on the pedals the right way. There's balancing. There's all this stuff going on so that we can learn how to coordinate the body and where we want to go with our intention. And then later, we see that once it's all flowing, the bike is really just a fun thing. We jump on and we take off. We do wheelies. We hop over the curb. You know, so it becomes totally natural. Meditation is the same thing. Once we learn and build the proper foundation, then getting down to these states is just a matter of moments. We just simply are used to it. We relax. We understand how to release the physical body, utilize the breath, how to watch for the signals and indicators, how to mitigate breath or energetic changes within the body. And we go, you know, sort of down that step ladder right into the states we want to achieve. And then we explore the subtler realms there. And that's where we really learn about ourselves at the very core of that subtle energy where things are happening that really go unnoticed to the outward facing senses and the high beta, high alpha personality or egoic identity that wants to constantly go into the world at full force. This goes into the body with real relaxed force and it goes the other direction entirely. When we are in this deepened state then, and we begin to feel these subtle energies, how does this help us on the spiritual path? That's the ultimate question. It's a great question because what we're trying to accomplish is to activate actually a dormant energy within every human being. And that kind of dormant energy, on one hand, we can say it's dormant. On the other hand, we can say that it's flowing. It's just weakened or it's not at its full capacity or potential. But in every human being is a strong life force energy waiting to explode and expand. And that energy is there to create and harmonize and clean and purify the channels that run through the vehicle itself. And why that's important is because we have energetic, mental, emotional, and we have physiological restrictions or constrictions, as they're called in the ancient traditions. And these restrictions and constrictions cause the flow of this life force energy to not carry through us succinctly. It sort of sputters around and it's sort of half dimmed. It's not really as strong as it needs to be in order to cause the illumination of this light or this energy to draw us into a very diamond-like radiant perception. So eventually what we're trying to do here through the preliminary practices is activate or get access to and then activate or create a scenario where this energy can then start to stir and move and clean and purify and illuminate us from within. And that's the holy grail of the practice. It's really to get ourselves down to this subtle energy get close to it, understand it, and activate and move it through our bodies so that it illuminates and purifies us. And this is what helps us remove the attachments and entanglements to egoic selfing, the dendrite axon synaptic process of the brain, that habit loop, that reactionary emotional and mental loops that we get into. It scrubs us clean, not of the personality, because we want the personality. It works in our world and we want to utilize the character or the ego. It's okay, but we removes the attachments and the ignorance that we have 
dialed in and entangled to. And so inevitably, as we go down deeper into these brainwave states, we learn through special systematic practical processes and practices how to activate this energy so that it runs through us, purifying and activating this energy for our well-being and our mystical or spiritual evolution. And that's the ultimate process there. And once we get access to that, there is a myriad of things we can do with it and a myriad of things that happens to our perceptions, the way that we can experience different realms of reality, perceptions of the reality we're in and the ones that are hidden and subtle behind it. And that's where Drukama actually drives us to it. It moves us through that process as fast as possible, but in the most productive way imaginable. And that's what the world needs to get access to. And that information has been concealed and hidden for a long time because of the degraded way society has been for centuries and centuries. But it's time now that we take control and get access to this energy for the sake of evolving humanity. And it's one of the reasons why our group is pushing it so hard in a very systematic, detailed, explanatory way that you can do week by week and be taught in a structured system. And so we have a website where we will have these teachings presented in this orderly fashion. Do you have anything else to say about that? The website is basically built as a week-by-week personal trainer. You basically go from one week to another or once every two weeks you're getting taught how to modify and practice systematically through this process. So you get that direct help, including a bunch of bonus materials, tips. We give out all kinds of information there that talk about the elements in Shakti, Kundalini, or what's called Tumor Chandali, that fire within, how to activate it, how to get access to it, how to build your foundational practices step-by-step, and it sort of just walks you through that process. So if you're really serious about finally getting access to this information and getting authentic, practical, and real-life approaches to this, we do that very systematically there at that website. And there's a bunch of support and backup there for it too. And there are many people at that website who have experienced that life force energy. And What's interesting to note is that many people who've experienced that energy and are using that energy to help clean and purify this attachment to the selfing nature have done it very quickly over months and years rather than what we're told should happen, which should be lifetimes or at least decades. So it's happening quickly for the majority of students and practitioners there. And so what we wanted to do is make it available to an audience wider than our group. And so that's what this site does is it provides it to everybody out there who potentially wants to get real serious about the path and have somebody coach them week by week through a series of video animations that will literally walk you from one step through to the next step. And if you follow along with that, you're sure to get access to and activate this energy and your entire life can change from it, the way you perceive yourself and the world around you. So we've prepared and provided that to anyone interested. And so it's drukama.com for anyone who wants to find out more information. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Daishi. It has been absolute pleasure to talk with you about this. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate you being on, and I hope that we have another one of these real soon together. Absolutely. I would love that. All right. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, please email us at radio at com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us, and until next time. Bye.